Welcome, everyone, to the Directed IRA webinar, special Directed IRA podcast. This is the inaugural episode for 2024. Can't believe 2024 is here, but we're excited for it. You know what it means for 2024? You can put 7,000 bucks in your IRA now. We're not just talking about 6,500 bucks. We're talking seven grand in your IRA. Uh, it's pretty exciting, of course. What are you excited for in 2024? <laughs> Not that? I don't know. 500 bucks more. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. Dude, it adds up. It, it adds up. Don't, don't, don't be the hater. It, it adds up. Um, well, today we're going to be talking about getting started with a self-directed IRA. Maybe it's an old employer 401k. You're going to move into a self-directed IRA. And this could be a health savings account, an education savings account, a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, a SEP IRA. We have tons of content on that. But we want to talk about the topic in general. How do I use existing retirement account money I have? Or how do I start with new contributions and get to a self-directed IRA? We're going to break down how you do that. What are the pain points? What are the process and the practical steps you actually need to execute on to get it done? Now, we help clients do that every day at Direct IRA. We're setting up 30 to 40 new accounts a day mm-hmm. here at Direct IRA, helping people do this every day. We're going to break down the rules. And our goal today is to make you experts so that you can take control of your retirement. Mm, that is our goal, right? That's, that's our goal. That is our mandate. That is our mission. And that is what we're going to deliver to you. Oh, now, Aaron's so going to do some housekeeping, let you know how we're going to do questions and everything here today. Yeah. So just do us a favor. We're excited for today. It is like, we're going to be definitely covering the basics, but man, it's like, you know, what's that old saying? Like the little hinges swing big doors. Oh, that's a good one. We got to get back to the basics. So, you know, the, the fundamentals are so critical. All right. So you see the chat there. If it's like any audio technical difficult stuff or any announcements we have, uh, fire that over to us. Any stuff that we need to send or share like document wise, we'll put that in the chat. Otherwise, please put your questions over in the question box. It says Q&A. So just put the questions over there. We do have some of our staff uh, in there. They'll be uh, helping answering some questions. We don't plan on getting to all of them, but we're going to do a rapid fire round towards the end as well. So we'll get to as many as we possibly can. We really do appreciate your questions. Um, Also, a couple of save the dates. We're going to be doing our next self-directed IRA summit. Uh, the website will be live here in a few days, possibly by tomorrow, sdrasummit.com. It'll be April 19 and 20. So it's really a one-day event with the reception on the 19th to welcome everyone. And that'll be in beautiful Dallas, Texas, where I'm originally from. And then we have the altassetsummit.com. That's huge. All alternative assets. That'll be October 24th through the 26th in Phoenix, where we're headquartered at Directed IRA. Um, we did put a couple awesome articles out. Uh, with some key things. So um, make sure you're subscribed to the Directed IRA newsletter so you can get all of our important updates and announcements we have going on. Matt did some recent podcasts that were awesome. We have a new article out on the uh, new contribution limits and you know what those are, how you can participate in that. We did another article on January deadlines, uh, another one on solo K deadlines, rules, steps, strategies, and then also hit on January deadlines for 1099Rs, RMD. So a lot of good stuff. It's always good to like stay up to date. We publish that weekly in our newsletter. So please subscribe to that and we will hook you up. Whitelist our domain, directedira.com, please. There's some new email regu- regulatory things that are coming out, I think in February that we even have to comply with. So make sure you whitelist our domain. That'd be super helpful. You won't miss anything from us. Yeah. That's what I got. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share some slides here. We got a disclaimer. 
Uh, sorry for this. Attorney but, Matt. <laughs> yeah, Attorney Matt's the boring one. He's got to come out every once in a while. Remember, this is educational in nature today. This is not investment advice, not financial legal advice. We are just here to educate you, maybe entertain you for a moment. You be the judge of that. All right, let's go ahead and share that. We don't need that up any longer. Oh, we did put up the slides, so you're good. They were shared in the chat. You got them. And at the end, this is recorded, so it'll be back up on our website, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. You if you miss all. anything, you want to relive this and watch it again, you know, you want to go back to pieces of it, share it with your friends. It'll be up at directedira.com slash webinar within a couple of days. Okay, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. All right, here's the summary here on the slides, what we're covering today, investment options. When we're going to talk about what are the investment options with the self-directed IRA, opening the right account type, making sure you get the right account type for what you're trying to do. Maybe you have existing funds. Let's make sure we get the right self-directed account type open in your situation. How do I transfer and get money over there? There's $33 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts. You might have a little sliver of that $33 trillion. How do you get your money over to the self-directed account? We're going to be covering that. What are the rules? When can you move it? Are there penalties? We're going to talk about that. What if I just am starting from zero and I got to make new contributions? We're going to hit that too. Last item, we're going to talk about common questions and, stru and structures that are used. Um, we'll hit some of those as they're very popular. And we're going to hit your questions along the way. All right, let's unshare that. Love it. All right, what is a self-directed IRA? Now, I want to make sure everyone understands this. You sign, you sign up for this webinar. You probably know what it is. You might already have one. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody- Hopefully with us. Yeah, it, exactly. Any new people know what the heck this is. If you can see on the slides here, a self-directed IRA is an IRA that can invest in any asset allowed by law. You don't have to just buy a mutual fund with your IRA or 401k. You don't have to just buy stocks or bonds. Okay, If you have an IRA at Fidelity, at TD Ameritrade, your bank or credit union, you are limited in what you can invest into, not because of any law or legal requirement, but because the provider of that account restricts your investments. If you're like, Matt, I want to buy a rental property with my IRA. You can do that. You just can't do it at Fidelity. If you're like, Matt, I want to invest in a small business. You can do that. You just can't do it with an IRA at TD Ameritrade. If you're like, Matt, I want to invest in a private fund or crypto. You can do that. You just can't do it with an IRA at your bank or credit union. You need to move to a self-directed IRA. That's what we're doing here every day at Directed IRA. So step one in the process of this is you need to get to a self-directed IRA. So we're going to talk about that. How do I get that? What's the right account type? How do I get the money over there? And then what are my investment opportunities and options as I get the money over there. Okay. So that's step one. Oof, a lot of passion yeah, coming in hot. Huh? I love that. Yeah. Energy. I'm, I'm yeah. ready to go, baby. Like, this is 2024. We're not screwing around. <laughs> All right. It. Getting after it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. We already got a lot of great questions too. So, okay. And we let's hit questions as we go, but let, let me get into this a little bit. If you guys don't mind. All right. Let's first talk about, let me actually talk about where you're sitting right now. Mm. Let's share the next slide. Actually, it talks about where all the money's at. Guys, there is $33 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts. There's more money in U.S. retirement accounts than anywhere to invest in anything. This is where the money's at. You probably have some money in an IRA or 401k. How do you unlock that money to invest in assets you're actually interested in, like real estate, small business, private companies, private funds, crypto? These are the assets you can do with a self-directed IRA. So if you have a little sliver of that, the first thing you want to do is take inventory of what do you have? Do you have a 401k at an old employer? Mm -hmm. Is that pre-tax dollars, post-tax dollars? What the heck does pre-tax mean? Pre-tax means you have traditional dollars. You got a tax deduction on it. You never pay taxes on those dollars. If you have pre-tax dollars in a 401k, that means you're going to be looking at a traditional IRA. 
if it's called a traditional 401k, you're going to have a traditional IRA. If you have post-tax dollars in your 401k, that means Roth dollars. That's after you've paid tax on it, okay? Post-tax. That means Roth. That means you're going to set up a Roth IRA. So we want to get a good look at what the account do you have right now. And if you're like, Matt, I already have an IRA. I got a SEP IRA at mm-hmm. TD Ameritrade. Cool. Do a SEP IRA at Directed IRA. If you're like, Matt, I got a Roth IRA over at Schwab. Cool. Do a Roth IRA at Directed IRA, and you're going to move from there. So the first thing is let's look at what you already have. Most people have an account somewhere, an old employer 401k or an IRA. Of that $33 trillion, the the largest bucket of money in that $33 trillion is actually existing IRAs. And those are the easiest to move. Now, we're going to get to the rules about what do I do if I'm moving a 401k? What if I work there? What if it's an old employer 401k? What if it's a traditional IRA and I want to do a Roth IRA? We're going to hit that. But the first thing I want to make sure everyone understands is look at what you have right now. Ooh, and if you don't know what you have exactly, you can book a call with us at Directed IRA yeah. and we'll help identify that with you. How about that? Yeah, and I know a lot <laughs> of smart people, and I'll say this, a lot of smart it's people okay. are like, I don't know, I've got a 401k yeah. with my employer. Is it Roth? Is it traditional? I actually don't know. And sometimes it's like, I got a little bit of both yeah. because I was doing a Roth contribution as an employee and my company would do a match of traditional. So I got two different buckets of money and I want to self-direct both of those buckets of money. Okay. That's going to be a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. So, um, we'll help so, look at it with you. Exactly. Good. Book a call, yeah. go to directiary.com, schedule a call. We'll have the link here at the end, of course. Um, and you can work with our team. We'll help figure out what type of new account you're going to set up because if you call up TD Ameritrade, <laughs> and I hate to pick on them and say, I want to buy real estate with this IRA that's already there, or I want to roll over my 401k from Vanguard to you guys, they're going to be like, well, you can buy stocks, but you can't buy real estate. Mm-hmm. So you need to get to a self-directed provider like the number one company in the business, Directed IRA. Did you like that? I did like that. <laughs> I, I still am not. <laughs> just claimed it. Claimed it. I went for it. Okay. Um, Let's go over the rollover options and let's share this uh, slide here for a second. There are three different ways you can move existing money from an IRA or 401k to a self-directed IRA. Let's hit the first one here. Now, the first one, this is if you have a 401k account. Okay. Let's go to the next slide. The best way to understand this, guys, is the office. You see the slide here. We got the wonderful Jan. We got Creed and Meredith, Jim, Pam, and Dwight. Okay. I'm impressed you had all those names memorized. <laughs> I, did a little. I always forget Jan's name. I don't know why, but I love using her in my examples because she was such a great character with, with Michael Scott. Okay. I hope you all enjoy our color commentary. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep this light. And I'm, I'm, trust me, there's a reason why I'm using this TV stuff here. It helps. If you have a, an old employer 401k like Jan from the office who quit working at Dunder Mifflin. She had a Dunder Mifflin 401k when she left. Now it's easy for Jan to move her money to a self-directed IRA. Let's say that Jan had a pre-tax 401k account. Those are traditional 401k dollars. What Jan would do is she would set up a traditional self-directed IRA at Directed IRA, and she could move all of that money from her old employer 401k at Dunder Mifflin to her self-directed IRA at Directed IRA. Anybody that has an old employer 401k, and we can unshare the slides now, we're just bringing it back up here in a second as I talk about the next ones. Anybody that has an old employer 401k, you can always move your money. 
you're not restricted. If you're a current employee, it gets a little more tricky. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Old employer, you don't work there anymore. Move the money wherever the heck you want. Okay. Whether you've got pre-tax money, post-tax money, Roth traditional. But in that example I gave of Jan, she doesn't work at Dunder Mifflin anymore. She had pre-tax dollars. She's going to set up a traditional IRA directed for her pre-tax dollars. Now she can self-direct. She's going to go buy a condo and maybe rent it to someone. I don't know. In Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay. She could do that with her IRA. Okay. Now let's talk about Creed and Meredith. Let's pop the slide back up. Remember Creed and Meredith. If you didn't watch the show, Creed and Meredith are over 59 and a half. They're older. They still worked at Dunder Mifflin through the show. They never left. And their Dunder Mifflin 401k, even though Dunder Mifflin might use Vanguard as the 401k provider, and you typically are restricted to Vanguard funds and products, because they're at retirement plan age of 59 and a half or more, Creed and Meredith can move their money out of the 401k, even though they still work there. So if you're at retirement plan age and you're in a 401k, you can always move the money out. This is your employee contributions and any of the uh, employer match that is vested. Now, sometimes when you work for a company like your 401k, they vest the match over a certain period of time. If it's not vested yet, you can't move it. But once it's vested, even though you still work there, you can always move that money out. All right. So remember, if your retirement plan age, the, the latest retirement plan age can be 59 and a half. The earliest can be 55. Some plans do say at 55, your retirement plan age eligible to move your money out. Okay. All right. So we've got Creed and Meredith. Um, let's go now to the next group here on the slide. This is Pam, Jim, Halpert, also known as Big Tuna, Big and um, Dwight, okay, Shrew, okay? So those three, now, Jim did leave on the show for a moment. Remember, he left and went to work for some like sports business or something mm-hmm. with a friend. So he could have moved his account. But let's assume they, they've never left the employer. They worked for Dunder Mifflin forever. Um, they're not 59 and a half yet or even 55. So they're stuck. Okay. Generally, if you have a 401k with a current employer where you still work and you're not at retirement plan age, you cannot move the money. Now, there is an exception to this. This exception is called an in-service rollover. Under an in-service rollover, let's unshare the slides. Under an in-service rollover, what you can do is you can roll the money out of the 401k to an IRA, only vested employer contributions. Okay. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of weird, but you're allowed to roll out vested employer contributions. A lot of people think, well, Matt, if I put money in as the employee to the 401k, wouldn't they let me roll that out? Because that nope. was kind of my money. Nope. <laughs> it's the employer money that the employer put in that vested that you can roll out. I remember this is 10 plus years ago. I had a client that was like a senior vice president at Wells Fargo. She had like an $800,000 401k there and she wanted to roll money out. And I'm telling you, she was told 10 times that she couldn't roll mm-hmm. one penny out. And she was the client that I learned this from. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a piece you can roll out because she was so high up within the organization. She got to the right people to realize, oh, we will actually let you roll out your employer vested contributions. She'll roll out a couple hundred thousand mm-hmm. to go make the self-directed investment she wanted. And so sometimes it takes a little bit of pushing because the typical 401k administrator or HR department, you know, maybe you go to who's the HR guy in the office. 
Oh, um, Toby. 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 Yeah, Toby. You go to Toby. He's the worst. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to Toby. And you're like, hey, I want to roll out my employer contributions here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And why are they like you can't do that? Because they don't know what they're talking about. Toby was dumb. And not to say that people in HR is not, but you know what I mean? Sometimes they just don't know. Yeah. We so, love HR, by the way. Yeah. We, we do love we HR. Love. Now, it does, it's not all the time in plans. I've read a report that over 60% of 401k plans allow in service rollovers of employer contributions, but it's not mandatory that you, they allow you to do it. So your plan may not have it. I'm just saying it's an option. Look at it. That's the rollover rules on 401ks. I don't know if we have any questions specific to the 401ks that might be on topic we could take right now. Yeah, um, I do have a, a couple actually. Let me hit one other yep. thing I just want to say on that, and, and then we'll hit that question, is there's no tax. There's no penalty. See, when you're moving from a 401k to an IRA, it's still a retirement account. It's still a qualified account. So there's no 10% penalty. There's no withholding. There's no tax. There's no 1099R even that's taxable, okay? This is all going to go into retirement account. It stays no penalty no taxes. Mm, okay. Let's let's do a rapid fire round on just some quick, easy ones that okay. we can get through. Can children contribute to my solo 401k? Wow. Totally off topic, but <laughs> they would have to have their own account within your solo K and be an employee in your business. But yes, they could. There you go. Let's see. I have two companies, two incomes, but only one solo 401k. Can I start another solo 401k or SEP to double max out my 66K? Um, No, I'd recommend a consult on that. So you cannot double up contributions in 401k plans, whether this is a solo 401k or multiple jobs. And your SEP. Um, The employer contribution, you can actually. So Mm. you can't double up, but you can maybe 150% it. Assuming you're high income and you're running enough income through both businesses, it would be possible I'm just telling you, if you're someone in that scenario, you need a tax lawyer in your life. Yeah. Um, go get a consult at KQS Lawyers. If you can drop the link in there for KQS Lawyers, you can schedule an appointment, talk to one of the tax lawyers there. They can go through the rules on how to do that. I don't know that it makes sense for everybody. I'll be honest. It's a great theoretical question. I don't see that many clients doing that, but it's possible. All right. Ashish asks, do you have to roll over existing SEP IRA to solo 401k before you can roll over new contributions? From a t- traditional IRA to a solo K? Um, no, you don't have to. Um, man, we need to do a solo K webinar, it sounds like. Good okay. Lord. Yeah, like a, a, ba- a basic a basics one on that too? Seriously, let's yeah. just do a solo K Q&A. Yeah. So I'm dead serious. Let's yeah, do yeah. that next. Seriously, that's the next webinar. Yeah, okay, everybody listening, <laughs> if you got a ton of solo K questions. Yeah, hit it back because we can go a little deeper Make on sure that. you subscribe on the, to uh, the solo K. We set up. A lot of solo case here in the last couple of months. It's yeah. a great, it's a great self-directed account for those self-employed with no employees though. It doesn't work for everybody. I can't do a solo K, but for those of you that are self-employed with no employees, um, kind of your own business, or maybe you have a business partner or even some family members that work in the business, you can do this solo. Okay. It's a great strategy. We have separate webinars that we've done on that. It's a whole chapter in my book, the self-directed I have just on solo case, but on that question about a SEP IRA, you can roll SEP IRA money into a solo K. SEP IRA funds are traditional. Now, starting in 2023, you can actually do Roth funds that are that are SEP dollars. I haven't seen anyone do that. The IRS just gave their guidance two weeks ago about how you do that, by the way. Stay tuned to our newsletter. We're going to yeah. give you the details on that. We have an article, too, on that. Yeah, and we have an article. And I actually did go over Roth 
401k employer contributions in the article. The IRS has a notice on that. That was in the last article in the last newsletter about 401k contributions, solo K contributions. Um, but yes, you can move SEP IRA dollars to a traditional account in your solo K, but you don't have to do that before making new contributions to the solo K. Okay. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's, um, all right. I think we have 401k rollover. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's go to um, the 60-day rollover. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily have a slide for this, but I just want to mention the 60-day rollover for a second. The 60-day rollover is where you can take money from your 401k or IRA, and they pay you. They send you the money. We don't like that. If they do that, you have a 60-day clock that starts ticking of when you've got to redeposit that money into an IRA. And if you miss it, it's a distribution, and now you are subject to taxes and penalties. No bueno. No bueno. It is not good. And that money will never get back in a retirement account. So um, if you have to, it's kind of a fix it type thing. You can do the 60 day rollover. But if you miss that window to redeposit the funds, it's a train wreck. Or if you screw up the tax reporting, I was going to say another word there, mm-hmm. you screw up the tax reporting on it because you're going to get a 1099 too in that scenario. If you, if you take a distribution and people do this, I'm just saying it happens freaking every day. People do this. They take a distribution. They're like, well, I know I got 60 days. I'll just do a 60-day rollover. Okay, you're going to get the 1099. You know how to do that on your tax return? It's an extra form on your 1040 where you got to make sure you say, I redeposit this into an IRA and it's not taxable. It's not rocket science, but I'm just saying it's more freaking work for you. The best way to do it if you're going from a 401k is do what's called a direct rollover. You do a direct rollover where you're going to initiate it. Let's say your 401k is at Vanguard and say, hey, Vanguard, I have an IRA, a directed IRA. Send my money over there. It's account number one, two, three, four, five. You would have set that account up at Direct IRA already. Our team can help with whatever questions you might have. But it's actually when you go from 401k to IRA, it's on the 401k providers form where you request what's called direct rollover and they send it directly to the IRA provider. They code the 1099 as not taxable from the beginning because they know it went directly to an IRA. And so you don't have to stress about it. You get the code on the 1099, not taxable. Boom, you're done. 1040 is easy. If you do the 60-day rollover, you're going to get a 1040 that says distribution. Now you got to do work on your 1040 to say, but wait, I put it in an IRA. It's actually not taxable, mm-hmm. and it's just extra work. All right, now the last, the last one, which is actually the most common, I would say, is a trustee-to-trustee transfer. This is if you already have an IRA. Let's say you've got a Roth IRA at Charles Schwab. You're like, all right, I want to self-direct. I got, you know. 200 grand over in this Roth IRA at Schwab. I want to self-direct 50 of it. You can just peel off 50 of it, send it over to directed IRA. You'd have a Roth account at directed IRA, obviously. And that's called a trustee to trustee transfer. Now in a trustee to trustee transfer, you're going to fill out directed IRAs form or whatever the receiving company is. If you're using the number two or number three company in the business. Okay. So you're going to fill out the directed IRA trustee to trustee transfer. We send it to Schwab or whoever your current provider is. And then they then they send us the funds. So it's a little different. This is the tax world and retirement accounts. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense, but that's just how it works. Yeah. So we will handle that for you. Our team will help with that. We have a transfers and onboarding team. This is all they do is help you get that transfer done. But I'm just saying that's on our form and it goes to your existing account. Such a quicker process to, to do that as far as like getting the money from where it's currently at over to your self-directed IRA account at directed IRA. <clears throat> when you're doing the rollover or you have an old employer plan or 401k, you're at the mercy of them 
yeah. getting you a check, either sending it to us, sending it to you, and then you got to forward it to us. We wish they would wire the money. We wish they would talk to us, but that's on you. So we always yeah. just encourage you that like more that you stay on top of it and follow up with that current administrator, the quicker that you'll be able to get those funds over to us. We can get them deposited into your self-directed IRA account here and you can begin self-directing your retirement. So it's, you know, they're still old school. You know, they just, they, I know. they don't want to see you yeah, go. They yeah, don't, they, right. <laughs> they don't want to see you go. So they take their time and they put a hold on the check or even if they send it ACH, they do that crap. The 401ks are the slowest. Now, if you have an advisor, make sure your advisor's in mm. the loop because a lot of times the advisor gets contacted. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what's going on, they'll say, reject that transfer, yeah. you know? And they, that happens all the time. And that happens, unfortunately. <laughs> so keep your advisor in the loop. The other thing I'll say too is before you're transferring all over funds, when you're going to self-directed, you want cash because you're going to go buy an alternative asset. So you typically want to sell whatever amount you're going to transfer over. If you're like, well, I'm moving the whole 401k. Okay, we'll sell the whole thing to cash put it in a request to sell. Mm-hmm. So it goes to cash and then just transfer over the cash. Let's say it was that Roth IRA of 200 grand at Charles Schwab. And you're like, well, I just want to send 50 over. Well then sell 50,000 down to mm-hmm. cash and then transfer over the 50,000 cash. So then when it comes into your self-directed account, it's cash already. It's ready to go into the investment that you're planning to make, whatever that may be, which we're going to get to here in a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let me hit on some real quick, if I might. Yes, please. I got a bunch of people asking, cause we have so many people live. I want to hit on it rather than wait to the end. So Steve was asking a very good question, like what are the pricing advantages that, that you have at directed IRA when you're doing an IRA, an HSA, an ESA, or a solo 401k? But he, but he said versus the competition with the other big boys. I was like, man, we're big boys, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> well, that's what he said, the other big boys. Yeah, the other big boys. Including us yeah. as a big boy. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That's what I'm going to assume. So we appreciate that uh, commentary on there. Okay, so the pricing structure, just a little bit of education on that. We'll keep it real quick. See if I can do that in 30 seconds. So we're, we just charge a low, flat annual fee. We do not charge based on the number of assets or investments you're making. And we do not charge on the total account value, whether you have $10,000 or $10 million, doesn't matter to us. That's the big difference between us and some of the other big boys. They will, their pricing models are a little different. They'll charge based on the account value uh, that you have or the number of investments or holdings that you have. So let's say you have two rental properties. They're going to charge two separate annual fees for that. Um, so that's how it works. We just charge one flat, low annual fee regardless of the number of investments you're making and regardless of your total account value. We want, you know, you to grow and we we're going to make money on the uh, recurring revenue side. That's it. So there's other ancillary fees like transactional fees. You know, if you need to send a wire or any, put a rush on an investment for us to review like next business day or something, there's some small fees like that, but that's pretty much it. You can go to directedira.com forward slash pricing or in the upper right-hand corner of our website, and we're totally transparent, list all of our fees there. Super easy. Yeah, and I think with Directed IRA, one thing you'll find is our fees are transparent and straightforward. We intend That was intentional on our part. And we're not trying to be the lowest price leader. There are a lot of our competitors that are frankly overpriced in our opinion, but we do want to make sure that we have the right fee to provide the right service that's necessary on the accounts. We want to make sure we have an amazing trained and talented team, which we do. Um, and so that's why we do have to charge for our services. And we did a price increase last year, um, but we're still very affordable, very competitive in the market, um, especially compared to the big boys. Yeah. 
And if uh, I had a lot of banking questions, I love seeing all the crypto. You know, things are hot in the media when, you, <laughs> when, the, when the crypto turns the tide. And we'll, we'll answer some of those for sure at the end. But as far as like banking is concerned, for those of you that are wanting to set up a trust checking account or you're doing a checkbook IRA where the, the IRA is a member of the LLC, uh, you can go to our resource directory on our website at directedira.com and uh, under learn more, it'll have our professional resource directory. We have some account applications in there where you can get a trust checking account or a business checking account with Titan Bank. If that's what you wish to do, we have a good relationship with them. So you can go ahead and take care of that. I've had a number of you asking who we use for that and what we recommend. So um, yep. there you go. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Let's share the slide here on the trustee to trustee transfers. So just a couple of things on this. This is when you're going from IRA to IRA. You can do an unlimited amount of these per year. Okay. You can do this every day if you want it. The 60 day rollover that I mentioned a day ago, where you get the money and then you have to redeposit within 60s, you can do that once every 12 months. If you do that more than once every 12 months, the second one you did is a distribution. It's not going to be a 60 day rollover. So be careful on that. Um, the other thing is, this is really the preferred method because your funds get available the fastest. It'll move the quickest. It goes directly from the prior IRA custodian over to your new IRA custodian, like Schwab in that mm -hmm. case, example I gave earlier, over to directed IRA. When you're moving money from a 401k to an IRA, that's called a direct rollover. And Aaron mentioned that can happen in two ways. One, they send the money directly to us, typically by check. That's what they do mm -hmm. in the 401k world. We don't, it's just, they're just old school like that. <laughs> Sometimes they will mail you the check, but it's written out to directed IRA, yeah. to the new IRA provider. And I don't, they do that just for a make sure that you, they send it to you and then you've got to forward it on to us. So again, that takes more time because it's going through the mail and everything like that. Um, but that is the process. I would say from a time standpoint on a direct rollover, it might be a week to two weeks before your funds are available. In an IRA trustee to trustee transfer, it could be three to five business days where that, that money is available to invest. So the 401k is going to take a little bit longer for your funds to be available to invest. Plan on a little bit more time. IRA going to be faster. All right, um, let's unshare that, and we're up to speed on questions. Okay, cool. All right, let's go over new contributions. All right, some of you are like, Matt, well I'm at zero. I have nothing. I haven't put anything into an IRA yet. All right, well, this is a good time for you to double up on contributions. It's January 2024 right now. You can still make 2023 contributions to an IRA and you can do 2024 contributions. Now, the contribution amount for 2023 for an IRA, this is Roth or traditional, is 6,500 bucks. The contribution amount for 2024 is 7,000. So between those two years, you could put 13,500 bucks into an IRA right now. Now you got 13,500 to go ahead and invest. You got a spouse, they can do 13,500. You've got 27 grand right there that you could be self-directing otherwise investing. So this is a good time because you do get to double up on the contributions if you're someone that has it zero or didn't do any contributions for last year. Remember, the Roth account is going to grow and come out tax-free. The traditional account, you get a tax deduction to put it in. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of other content on the differences between both. In some, we kind of like the Roth at the end of the day because it comes out and it grows tax-free. But we have a lot of accounts that are doing traditional dollars. Even I've got some traditional dollars and some Roth dollars. So, um, so you can pick whatever you want. But there are other account types, um, health savings accounts you have until April 15th to still make 2023 contributions. Mm -hmm. um, your solo 401ks, 
You can still set up a solo 401k before your contribution deadline and make 2023 contributions. The only restriction on that is S-Corps on employee contributions, another topic for another day. But what I'm trying to get at, the main point right now is if you're like, I'm at zero, I haven't done anything, or I really am behind the ball, I don't have enough, start now. You can get two years worth of contributions in, whether it's IRAs or solo 401ks or health savings account, double up on that. It's a jump start to at least get two years worth of money going to start investing. Heck yeah. Okay. Now the cool thing is, like I said, at the very outset is we did get up to 7,000 for 2024 contributions. Make sure you're tracking that additional amount. If you're over, if you're 50 or older, you get an extra thousand bucks. Um, and then the solo 401ks, just 401ks in generals, 2023 numbers, the max out is 66,000. That's employee and employer. The max out for 401ks for 2024 is 69,000. That's a combination of your employee and employer. Um, also, SEP IRAs would be the same, 66000 2023, 69000 2024. All right. Um, oh, do you have any questions yeah, about let's contributions yet? Yeah, I do. So this came okay. much earlier. It was just a little confusing. I was needing to read through it. But um, can you – let's go over the difference between that $7,000 contribution limit for a traditional Roth IRA versus like the solo K. There's like, hey, can I also contribute that 7000 into a traditional and Roth yeah. for myself that's separate from my solo K? Yes. Let's okay. clarify that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so you can do – you can max out a 401K account and still do a IRA contribution, but what you're going to do is a backdoor Roth IRA. Okay. And so if you're high income and you can't make a regular Roth contribution, or if you max out a 401k plan, you're going to have restrictions on doing a traditional IRA contribution. Either one of those triggers happens. You max out a 401k, solo K, day job 401k, or your high income, which is like 150 grand, single 200 grand or so married. Um, it might be a little higher, but you're, you're, if you're doing high income, you cannot do a traditional IRA this deductible, nor can you do a Roth IRA. But what you can do is a backdoor Roth IRA. This is what I do every year. You make what's called a traditional non-deductible contribution and you convert it over to Roth. We have a backdoor Roth IRA application. We have a page. Let's drop that link in there mm -hmm. for everyone. If you're someone that does max out a solo 401k every year, you should be doing a backdoor Roth IRA. If you're like, but Matt, I have traditional IRA dollars. I can't do a backdoor Roth IRA because you have to convert right. the traditional IRA dollars first move those traditional IRA dollars in your traditional solo K account. Now you can do a backdoor Roth IRA because you don't have to look at those traditional IRA dollars. If you're like, you lost me there, Matt, don't worry. <laughs> that, this is a whole podcast webinar topic itself, the backdoor Roth IRA, which we will do and we do every year. But we've got some articles and other content on that. But just to answer that question, yes, <laughs> you can do an IRA contribution. But in that instance, with your example, where you've maxed out the solo K, what you will need to do is a backdoor Roth, but you could do it for yourself and for your spouse. Can I contribute 7,000 into a traditional and into a Roth? No. Okay. Traditional IRA and Roth IRA, no. Pick don't, one. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. But do you got a spouse? Then your spouse could. Um, also, if you like got kids and you got a business, let's get Roth IRAs for them. If you're trying to look for more ways to drop money in these tax qualified tax beneficial accounts. Um, think of your spouse, think of kids. Um, this is where we start even health savings accounts and all these other account types that you could offer. 
um, or use in your situation that have tax benefits. And one of the hard things is I think some people that are new to this are like, but Matt, I can only put in $7,000 a year. I'm not talking about this is going to change your life next month. Mm-hmm. This is a long-term wealth building process for when you hit your 60s, okay? Um, and so we're trying to build this thing over the long haul. Um, and it is and it is also like, yeah, it's only seven grand. Let's drop it in there, you know? It's not like I'm asking you to, like, drop all your money and, like, you know, go live like a bum, mm-hmm. okay? We're just like – just get this money in there, get it working, get it invested. Um, we talked on the podcast, Mark and I talked just today as we were recording the direct diary podcast, you know, remember at 12%, you are doubling your money mm-hmm. every six years. If you think of the rule of 72, if you can get a 12% return, you're doubling your money every six years, a 14% return. You're basically doubling your money almost every five years. A lot of self-directed clients can get those types of returns. I get them. I'm not an investment wizard. I can get them in my retirement account and have. And so, now I'm doubling my money every couple of years. And that, you know, if, I, if I'm at a hundred grand, that's 200 grand, the 200 grand is a 400 grand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually over 20 years, you're like, wow, I started a hundred grand and just the investment returns alone, I got a million in 20 years mm-hmm. because they able to, to keep doubling it. And, and my money's working for my money. That's working for my money. That's working for my money. You know, that's the, the seventh wonder of the world compounding interest. So bottom line it, don't, don't get discouraged and don't <laughs> delay either. I was talking to a, a new client that uh, just got an account with us and he's already at, he's past 59 and a half and he's like regretting that he didn't have more, save more. He's like, yeah. I got all these personal funds or I got it in my business. And he's a real estate investor, been a real estate investor for 30 years. He's like, oh, I didn't even know that I could have my own 401k and do a solo K. He's like, I just wish I had known that information. So you're getting the information education. Just go implement it and we'll help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, let's hit before we go into some of these restrictions, because this is a great question, because we love the Roth IRA. Yeah. Can you go over the five year rule? Um, yeah. So there's two five year rules for Roth IRAs. Ooh, yeah, the right. first five year rule is you must have a Roth IRA for five years before you can pull out earnings tax free. Now, if you're like, Matt, I'm 30. I just set up my Roth IRA. Cool. You put a dollar in it, the window ticks for five years. It doesn't really matter. Where this matters is someone that's like 57 and just sets up a Roth IRA for the very first Mm -hmm. time. Or 59. I'm like, Matt, I'm 60 now. I can pull money out of my Roth IRA because I passed 59 and a half, right? No, you have a five-year rule. You're going to have to wait till you're 62. Let's Mm -hmm. say you set up at 57 Mm -hmm. to pull out the earnings. The contributions you put in, you can always pull out without tax, but the earnings, you have to be in there for five years. Now, again, when someone who's 30, it doesn't matter. It, it could be the 30-year rule. It doesn't because you're not getting to it till that anyways, mm-hmm. the earnings part. So that's the first piece, five-year rule. The second five-year rule on Roth IRAs is on conversions. There's a separate rule when you convert traditional dollars to Roth. Each conversion you make has a five-year window. So I got to wait five years after I convert that money before I could pull it out, the earnings on it, tax-free. Okay, good. Love it. Thank you. All right, let's hit restrictions. Let's share the slide on investments for your IRA. The cool thing about this is there's not many restrictions on what your IRA can invest into. The majority of restrictions on where your IRA can invest is created by your broker-dealer or your provider of your IRA account. For example, if you have an IRA with a broker-dealer, they're going to let you buy financial products. If you have an IRA with a life insurance company, they're going to let you buy annuities and stuff that they sell. Okay, 
the majority of the restrictions out there are stuff that you would never buy anyways. Collectible items. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the first item that's restricted on IRAs. The second is life insurance. Most people aren't looking to buy life insurance with their IRA. <laughs> the last one is S-corporation stock. IRAs can't own S-corporations. It's just an S-corporation rule more than it is a retirement account rule. But IRAs can own LLCs. They could own C-corps, obviously, limited partnerships. They could own real estate directly, a private note. They can own crypto. All of these assets are assets an IRA can own. Generally, why you can't own this at your Fidelity IRA is because Fidelity doesn't let you own real estate in your IRA, mm-hmm. not because of the tax code or the legal requirements. It's the provider of those accounts have decided, hey, we're a broker-dealer. When you have an account with us, <laughs> you can buy what we sell. We sell mutual funds and stocks and bonds. That's our business. Mm-hmm. Okay, If you have an IRA at Northwestern Mutual, they're a life insurance company. Okay, They sell annuities. That's what they want you to buy. When you have an IRA with them, surprise, what can you buy? Annuities. Okay. (laughs) What do you expect? I always tell people, this is like you've walked into McDonald's and you tried to order a Chalupa. Okay. (laughs) McDonald's does not sell those. You can have Chalupas. You just got to get to someone who lets you have that like Taco Bell. So, um, so you need to get to a self-directed IRA company. That's, of course, what we do at Directed IRA. If you want to buy these quote-unquote alternative assets like real estate, small business, private funds, crypto, all that stuff. So we're going to um, have you go through that transfer rollover process or just set up a new account from the beginning. That's how you get to the self-directed IRA company. Now, the big rule, though, and really the restriction that you got to be careful about is the prohibited mm-hmm. transaction rules. That is a rule that says you can't sell stuff from yourself to your IRA. A lot of, or like you can't use assets your IRA owns. A lot of people are like, well, Matt, I own some real estate that's gone up in value. Can I sell it to my Roth IRA? And then my Roth IRA will sell it. So I pay no tax. No, you can't do that. Okay. The IRS doesn't trust us with this. That's the purpose of this rule. So no moving assets from you personally to your IRA. This would include your spouse, your kids, your parents, or certain family members that are restricted. So you can't buy or sell assets from your IRA with these certain people. You also can't use the assets. So when we're talking about, for example, buying real estate with yeah. your IRA, I'm talking about for investment purposes. This is a rental, whether this is a long-term rental, a short-term, mid-term, whatever. I'm not talking about this is your second home you live in, and maybe you rent out some of the time. Or I'm not talking about you're buying a rental property for your kid to go to college and stay at, okay? You can't have personal use of this, nor can anyone who's on this disqualified family list have use of it. Yeah. That's kind of the main restriction. This is three chapters in my book, the self-directed IRA handbook. We have separate webinars and that, but I just want to make sure everybody's understanding. So you're getting started in this and we cover this for a few hours at the self-directed IRA summit too, on the nuances of this and some kind of workarounds and structures you can do. But in essence, don't be buying or selling stuff with yourself or your immediate family members. Mm-hmm. The, um, one of the questions that we got in this chat and then we get all the time is how do I get my real estate uh, investments that I already have into my retirement account? Yeah. Yeah. That you can't do that. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Sorry for the bad news. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's, yeah, it's, that's a no go. You would need it to have purchased that real estate with your self-directed IRA from the get go. And if there a follow-up answer to another question was, well, what if I don't have enough funds to buy real estate? What are with my retirement account? What are my options? You 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 do have a couple options, but they have to be what is called a non-recourse loan. We're going to go get some debt, 
Okay, so they're gonna that you're gonna do that through a, a, a private lender, or you could do it through. There's you know less than a dozen banks in the country that'll do that as well. But what they're gonna want to do is they're gonna underwrite just like how they underwrote you when you bought a another investment property or your own home, uh, and they're gonna want a certain amount of down payment from the retirement account, and then they're also gonna want a reserve uh, percentage too of the overall loan that they're giving uh, that's also from the retirement account. And then they'll fund the rest. They, they're typically wanting anywhere from 30 to 50% down um, as that down payment. And it just varies from lender to lender. And hey, it's totally negotiable if it's a private money lender. Which, yeah. But that's totally awesome. So that's totally negotiable and how they all structure that deal or whatever it is. But again, it still has to be what's called a non-recourse loan. Yeah. And you could use creative finance strategies to acquire properties, get seller financing, don't guarantee it personally. That causes a prohibited transaction. Those loans, Aaron, we're talking about, those are called non-recourse loans. We do have banks on our website. Again, that resource directory at directedira.com to go to, to check out some of those banks. Use those banks Mm because they know what the heck you're talking about. If you go to your typical mortgage lender, your friend that's a mortgage broker, and you're like, I'm buying a rental property with my IRA. I need to get a mortgage loan. I'm telling you, they're going to jack it up. All right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Use one of these banks that does this all day long. Some of them have departments dedicated to this. This is all they freaking do. I do have a cool I'll strategy. I have another ad- go, go idea, it. though, for yeah. that question, though. You can also partner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you get a non-recourse loan, maybe use a creative acquisition strategy, partner your IRA with some other friends' IRAs or people or your spouse's IRA or even some of your personal funds. You can do that in a multi-member IRA LLC. We have lots of other content on that. So there's some other ways to do it, maybe mm-hmm. partnering in, non-recourse loan, creative finance strategy, seller financing. Tristan, you want to drop that link for the IRA LLC? So we have a bunch of articles and go over that strategy. The multi-member IRLC. Yeah, so that's cool. It's the only way that you can get disqualified persons together um, that otherwise would be a prohibited transaction and go do some bigger uh, types of alternative investments. In particular, most people are doing real estate, which is yeah. awesome though. Because yeah. again, your personal funds, a spouse, children, your parents, like it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it like, is a strategy. I'll, yeah. I'll give an example that's common is someone's like, Hey, there's a property I want to buy for 300 grand. I got a hundred thousand in my IRA, mm-hmm. but my spouse has an old employer 401k with 200 grand. Could we pool those together to buy the property? Yeah. Let's do it in a multi-member IRA LLC, put the money together. Now you can acquire the $300,000 property. Neither one of your accounts could have bought it on their own, but we could get them into separate self-directed accounts. I mean, you'd have a self-directed account. Your spouse would have a self-directed account. We combine those funds into an LLC that has an LLC checking account, LLC goes and buys the property. So that'd be the strategy there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So we hit some investment options now. Yeah, let's do that. We had a lot of people the fun stuff. asking about that, like for some recommendations or strategies. Yeah. Now this you know? is not recommendations. <laughs> okay. I want to be clear about that. Guys, we are experts in terms of how to structure investments when you're using a retirement account, yeah. not what to buy. Okay, This is not financial advice. I'm not giving investment advice. But you might have been paying attention to the news and realize Bitcoin has been on a run again. And so you might be like, Matt, can I buy Bitcoin? Yeah. Should you buy Bitcoin? I don't freaking know. Can you buy Bitcoin with your IRA? Yes, you can. We do it every day. I bought Bitcoin with my retirement account back in 2017. 
Okay, you can do it. You can do it with a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA. When you're buying Bitcoin, we have a specific crypto IRA here at Directed mm-hmm. IRA where you can actually trade the Bitcoin if you wanted. Um, or you could just buy and hold it. doesn't matter, but you could trade it every day if you're into that. Um, but that's a specific type of product we have. We work with Gemini. Um, but if you're like, hey, I'm into crypto, whether it's Bitcoin or other tokens or crypto that's out there, you could do that at um, with our crypto IRA product. Mm-hmm. Or – you don't have to, and you can venture out into your own world and you want to use a different exchange, but you'll need to do that through an institutional account um, with your own solo 401k or an IRA LLC. That's how you could do that. So if yeah. you want to do that, book a call with us. We can go over that. It's a much longer conversation and strategy to talk about, but we can totally help assist in that education. Yeah. But the other thing is, is there's a lot of unique assets that clients are buying and like real estate is obviously unique. Every piece of real estate's different. And so we have clients that are buying rental real estate, you know, I mean like the next slide here, when I was like, let's just show this slide. Yeah, like yeah. this is a rental property that my retirement account bought. Okay. You know, and this was just a simple, I used a non-recourse loan cause I didn't have enough money when I first bought this. I'm, I'm new to this too. You know, I've been advising clients for years, but I was paying off student loan debt before I had enough money to <laughs> max out my retirement account and mm-hmm. do my first deal, but it adds up. I'm just saying I've done good. And this is, this is I've done well, done good. <laughs> Did you done you good? Done Did gooder? you done good in Get English done, done in college? And done gooder? No, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> good, good or best. So, um, but this was a just a buy and hold rental you know, that I did that appreciated over time. It cash flowed gray and then I got a good return on it. And currently I'm private lending my money right now at 12% interest plus two points and doing well. This is secured on real estate. A trust deed. Yeah. These are a trust deed and, you know, I'm working with other real estate investors who are on the other side that need the capital to go do the deals. It's a win-win. I'm getting a great return on my money. They're getting the capital to fund a deal that a bank's not going to fund. And so it's a, it's a great win-win scenario, but that's just rental real estate. Okay. I, I think some people think I got to invest in the next Uber with my self-directed IRA. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> you know, we have clients that do that, then invest in startups that could go to zero or they could go to a billion, you know, th- th- and that's totally fine. We have lots of that. We have clients investing in just regular, plain old, boring, small businesses, you know, um, this could be the regular small business on main street that needs capital. And they take 20% ownership of that. I remember during COVID, I had a lot of clients, IRAs that were investing in small businesses that would have gone under and they were taking an equity stake in it and a share of the profits of that business. Some of them were just lending to the business and getting interest and points back. Mm -hmm. So whether you're taking equity in a business or property, or you're lending the money, you can do that with your retirement account. But these are unique assets that you find. This is one of the reasons we talk to so many real estate clients that are already real estate investors or they're real estate agents or professionals. They know the real estate space. They know what a good real estate deal is. No one had told them they could use their IRA for them <laughs> to do it though. And they're like, wait, you mean this crappy mutual fund? I got 200 grand in. I could have been buying real estate with my retirement account in this. They're like, where have you been? You know, like we've been out here, we've been talking about it. So, um, now, like we, we mentioned crypto with, you know, we, real estate is very common. I would say the next type of common asset though, would be a private fund. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, whether that's a, they're buying a multifamily real estate deal or some other larger commercial real estate project. Maybe it's a private equity fund that's buying other businesses. Maybe it's a debt fund that's lending money to other people doing some type of private credit type strategy. Um, there's lots of them out there. Uh, but private funds is actually the number one investment here. 
of what clients will make when they move an account here mm-hmm. is they're investing in a private fund. And so, but we don't know. I mean, again, this is like there's yeah. thousands of private funds out there. We're not saying which one to buy. I'm just saying you can buy one of these 1,000 mm-hmm. <laughs> with your IRA at Directed IRA. I think uh, at least from what we've seen too, it's because it's like within reach and it's very similar to like, hey, I, I'll just give an example. Like, oh, I, I love Tesla. I love it. Not meaning I do, but let's say you do. Okay. I, I don't mind Tesla. What do you but, Tesla? <laughs> I mean, I own Tesla stock. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were like. I do. I actually do love Tesla. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. But let's say you own Tesla stock. I believe in the company and, you know, the people running it. So I own some stock in them. It's the, it, you can apply that similarly to a private fund. Hey, I like the asset. It's cool. I like real estate. It's, it's apartments. I understand it. Seems like there's good operators. Well, but what you're doing is getting like a piece of it. Just like when you're buying stock at a price and a valuation, you're coming in and they're saying, hey, the minimum to you know have a piece of this and here's the return you're going to get, let's say it's 25 grand. You know, so you're not having to take like your entire retirement account. You're just like diversifying, peeling off a little sliver. Let's say you had half a million. You're like, mm, I'm going to invest in some other private companies, private funds that I believe in and want to diversify out. So I think that's why we see a lot of that. They're more and more common now. A lot of them, you know, have, are regulated, they're audited, you know, they have some, they're registered with the SEC. So you can do a lot of due diligence. Now we can't provide any investment advice or tell you which ones to do, but we do do webinars. We do do podcasts and you can see some of the owner operators on there and we interview them and they share their case studies. And then we ask them the tough questions. And so you can check those out educational in nature. And we have tons of content on that. Cause I know a lot of you are already asking us like to, yeah. to give that. So just go check that out. Um, you can go, you know, to our podcast page our webinar page and we have, all that information. Lots of people we've talked to. Yeah. And I think self-directing is one of the things where you are in control. You're the one making the investment decisions. Now you can work with an advisor if you want. We've had advisors on, they've been at our Alt Assets Summit. They've been on here Mm -hmm. that work with clients to pick alternative assets or to help analyze alternative assets. So you can get an advisor engaged if you want. Many people do that, but I'd say the vast majority of self-directeders are doing it themselves. Self-directeders. Man, you're coming up with all sorts of new. Yeah, I've been I've today. been on, I've been in the studio for a while today, guys. So, <laughs> Mer- so. Merriam-Webster would be proud. Uh, <laughs> is that a word in Scrabble? I think like, that's a, a triple word score. That that's worth something. Um, but those of you self-directing your account, many of you are the decision maker at the end of the day, and that's the passion of the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the small business owner, the real estate investor. These are the people that love to self-direct their account. You're used to making decisions. You're an entrepreneurial mindset type person. Um, going out, finding these investments, cutting deals, getting that in your retirement account in a tax deferred or tax free manner. That's what it's all about in self-directing. And so, um, so this is what you can do with your retirement account. I want to go back and share the slide here for a second, just so you can see how the puzzle comes together. And this Mm -hmm. is, of course, on our website, one of our graphics. But these are different types of assets your retirement account can own. We've been talking around them a little bit here. These are the different pieces you can put together to build your retirement account portfolio. Now, you might be someone that's like, Matt, I want to go all in on Mm self-directing. I want every penny to be in real estate because I believe in that. Or every penny to be in crypto or in a private fund or this next startup. That's up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. Some clients are like, Matt, I got 500 grand in the stock market. Mm-hmm. I'd like to peel 100,000 of that out and do this type of private self-directing 100%. deal. And so it's it's not an all or nothing thing. I'm not, we're not here bashing Wall Street to say, don't have any money there. I mean, I have some money in Wall Street, you know, quote unquote Wall Street. Um, and so 
figure out what works for you. This is your journey. This is going to be your retirement account that you're going to live on and enjoy, or you're not because you didn't take control of it and you just left it there hoping it would make money. But get engaged with that. That's one important thing I want to just say is we spend so much time in our jobs, in our businesses, making money. And then a lot of us have have it set aside and that 33 trillion that's out there in U.S. retirement accounts, so many people are not engaged with it. Mm -hmm. They have set it and forgotten about it. And they they are missing out. They are missing out on a huge opportunity to build and grow wealth for the long term by being better engaged in that money, trying to get a better return, being active. And so that's what we want you to be focused on. And maybe that's a New Year's resolution for you in 2024. Get better engaged with your money, how you're saving, how you're investing, and how you're growing your long-term wealth. I like that. That's good. That's a good well, summary. Tied around the New Year's? Yeah. You know? Excellent. I like it. All right. What questions? Do we have any other questions? Yeah. So I do. We, we did get, we've gotten a, a few of them. And thanks for all your questions, everyone. We answered quite a few. We have a few of our um, experienced uh, account representatives that have been helping us. Uh, thank you, Matt. And thanks, Darren, for, for chiming in there. They got through a lot of them. Um, let's talk about some uh, type of prohibited things because there's a lot of questions that are <laughs> prohibited transactions, but <laughs> we get those all the time. The, the, the two biggest ones that I have is like on the real estate side. If I'm buying real estate with my self-directed IRA, you know, can I do the work or do I have to, could I use my brother or somebody else to, to do some work? That's one, but let me do the follow-up one. And that's, let's apply that to a business. Let's say, Hey, I I'm investing into a business. Can I now go do work for that business, that LLC or uh, C Corp? Those are the two. Let's hit on those. Okay. Those are two examples. I have two different answers. Yeah, yeah. One's yeah, good. Yeah. One's not. Yeah. I love how Aaron, by the way, you've got like the swaro coming out the top of your oh, head. It's not good. like looking at me. I got like his palm tree popping out the top of mine. Uh, All right. I got to move over here. Okay. So, uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, forget later, this. Yeah. This is forget Just that, go watch but, it later. <laughs> uh, I should have moved over a little bit. Okay. Um, on the, let's say you bought a piece of real estate and your brother-in-law is the contractor. You want to go rehab this, this property. Well, let's go through who is a disqualified person to your IRA that would be restricted from working on it. That includes you, your spouse, your kids, and your parents. Mm -hmm. Now, brother-in-law, okay. Married to your sibling, I guess your, your uh, sister here, you know, is okay, actually. I was trying to think through that. I was like, wait, am I lost here? No, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. See, even your sister could have worked on the property. Your brother, okay? Your siblings are not disqualified, nor are their spouses. Now, if this was your son-in-law, that would be a problem. They're, they could not go work on the property. They are disqualified. But your siblings are fine. You could buy and sell with your siblings. We've had lots of clients that do that. The retirement account lends to their other sibling doing deals. You know, That's totally fine. So I'd be okay with that. No problem there. No restriction. Brother-in-law is totally cool. Now, the other one was my IRA is going to invest in a company mm-hmm. and I'm going to work for that company. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, it depends. And this is where there's some nuance. You might need to consult with the law firm on this to get yeah. your specific KKOS situation. lawyers for that, not yeah. directed. Yeah, go to KKOS <laughs> lawyers for that because this is sticky. There's a lot of cases. <laughs> Frankly, they're all over the place. This is getting into what's called self-dealing. I have a whole chapter in my book on self-dealing prohibited transactions. There's probably 10 or 12 cases on it. I've got them all in my book there if you want to geek out on it. But what I like to tell clients is let's go through three scenarios here. And just hang with me on this because it makes sense for the question. If you're like, my IRA invests in the company, it owns 50% or more of the company, can't do it. You're not going to be able to work in it and get a salary. Okay, You could maybe make decisions and be involved and 
kind of like manager of an IRA LLC, but you can't be getting paid for it. This isn't your full-time job. Okay. But if you're like, no, I'm like buying a franchise and I'm going to go work in it every day with my IRA, not going to work. Okay. You need to do a different structure. Maybe a Rob's. I don't love those, but like you just don't basically do can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it. Now if you're like, Matt, I'm going to invest my IRA into this company and I'm only going to own 33%. There's three owners. There's two others. They're each putting, we're each putting in a hundred grand. I'm going to drop in a hundred grand for my retirement, but I am going to work in the business as a full-time job and grab a salary. Gray area. It's possible. What happens is there's a 50% rule. Whereas if your IRA owns 50% more of a company and you're getting compensated for it, it can cause this prohibited transaction. Even below 50%, the IRS can still allege what's called self-dealing where you're personally benefiting from your retirement accounts investment. And the IRS could say, hey, your IRA invested in a company that owned one third to give you a job mm-hmm. and, or to pay you more than you were really worth in the market out there is whatever it is you're doing. And so there's a lot of facts and circumstances there. Really, if you were in that one third scenario, I'm going to look at what is your salary? Is that reasonable for the work you're doing? Are you getting overpaid or underpaid? Were the two other business partners working in the business getting the same salary and they use personal funds? There's some other checks and balances that can help make you feel good about that if you did get audited and had to defend it in tax court. But a lot of times, frankly, it's going to depend on your IRS auditor and your tax court judge. I'm just telling you the cases are all over the place in kind of this 30 to 40%, even 20% world. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're like, Matt, I'm one of a million investors. No, a million. I'm one of a many investors in this thing, and I own 5%. And I'm going to have a job in the company, even if it's an executive-level thing. That's cool, okay? You could, that, you could pull that off when you're below 10%, so long as your compensation is not tied to I am an investor and I put in some money. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, well, I, you know, if the company's like, well, if you put your money in and, you know, you own 5%, your salary will be higher than if you didn't. That would be a problem. Just make sure that's not in writing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So, and it all comes down to the documents and of course the actual facts of what's happening. So, um, so that's kind of the rule of thumb. Ooh. Below 10%, generally cool. Again, you want to talk to your tax lawyer on this. KQS lawyers can help. If you're in the 11 to 49% gray area, dark gray at 49, maybe light gray at 11, 50% or more, just going to be no go. I mean, it might be possible, but 99.999, not going to work. What if it was me and my son and my spouse and three other partners, but me, my son and spouse own more than 50%? Okay, now... Um, yeah, so we add up disqualified people total. Great question. Yeah. So when I'm talking about that 10%, 50%, where are you at in this? I'm thinking your ownership, your spouse, anyone disqualified to you, we got to add that up to get to that number. Sorry to be a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. It's a great point. Yeah, it's a great point. So sorry. Um, so sorry. Let me give another example. A lot of people are like, Matt, the Peter Thiel example, right? He was the investor in PayPal and he was the CEO of PayPal and he had this you know, he now has a $5 billion Roth IRA. Well, in the PayPal deal, he was one of six co-founders. Okay. There was six other co-founders and I don't know the exact shares, but he was not, he was not even close to 50%. So he was in this gray area, one of six, I don't know what one sixth is, but you know, he's not below 10. He wasn't below 10, but he wasn't over 50. So he was in that gray area, but working in the business clearly at PayPal with his Roth IRA as the investor owner in that company. That's why it worked in that. But if you're like founding a business and it's just you, or it's just you and a 50-50 partner, it's never going to work. Maybe the one third scenario it can work where your IRA invests and you're working in the business. 
possible gray area there, like I said. But like I said, when you're below 10, um, your IRA is an investor and adding up all of other disqualified people to you to your IRA. Um, if you're below 10, usually you're going to be okay. okay. All right. That was a long answer. That was good. That was all good stuff, though. This is, you know, gave you some advanced information there. Yeah, it was a little beginning. honors. If the, yeah. I lost some of you in that, don't worry. That was an honors level question. Good. You can throw that last slide up there. Yeah. But yeah, on you that, go over this. Let, let me hit on um, a lot of you have asked questions again about training, education, what types of investments are out there, strategies, et cetera. We do put on a conference. Uh, it's hosted by Matt. It's called the Alternative Asset Summit. You can go to altassetsummit.com. We'll be doing another one in the fall, October 24th through the 26th in Phoenix. You can still buy the recordings from the previous one we did fall of last year. Um, they're pretty cheap, but it's a longer format event uh, that dives into all kinds of alternative investments where we have various advisors, fund sponsors, RIAs, um, deal sponsors there. We interview them. They're on panels. Some of them have breakouts. Um, it's awesome. They're there as vendors as well. You know, again, we're not endorsing them. It's not um, directed IRA, simply a sponsor uh, of that event as well. But it's a great educational event. So if you are interested in networking, learning more about alternative investments, just go to the Alt Asset Summit, uh, buy the recordings. You can, you know, start educating yourself now more and then come join us live in October in Phoenix. It'll be awesome. So I did want to hit on that. We do have a webinar special. So if you're ready to get going on a solo 401k or self-directed IRA, health savings account, ESA, you know, do a traditional IRA, Roth IRA. We love the Roth. Uh, you can just do webinar 50 um, when you do your account application. But go to directedira.com and you can click on that QR code. It'll take you to our uh, new account, uh, scheduling a new account uh, call page. And it's totally free. We're not giving tax advice. We're not giving legal advice on that. We're answering your self-directed questions. If you do have tax or legal things, we'll refer you to our uh, sister company at KKOS Lawyers, which Matt owns and is a partner in. Yeah, which um, you need to awesome. pay by the hour yeah, for yeah. if you want That's that. That's not free. Okay, don't be like, <laughs> that's well, paid. I'm going to set up an account at Directed IRA. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're doing the checkbook <clears throat> IRA LLCs over there and the solo 401k. So if that's what you're doing, it'll funnel over there and you know we'll help facilitate all that. So again, we love what we do. Welcome to the new year, 2024. We got a lot of cool things we're working on over here. Um, and excited to, to roll out and introduce to everyone so you can see some of those things that we do. Um, we know crypto's hot. So if you're interested in that, we do have a crypto IRA that is the easy button. You can book a call, we can do that. If you don't like the strategy or you know the, 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 uh, how we've structured that, um, we have other strategies that we can go over where you have to set up your own institutional account if you're wanting to use an IRA or a solo K. So I will head on that since that's like a current trend. And I guess we had all these ETFs today, they're making the news for a BTC ETF. So totally cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roth and roll. All right. Well, um, all right. Well, we've hit the, the time limit here. Thanks everybody for hanging in. Let's unshare the slides there. I want to, yeah. you know, just let us see. Your, you can at least see us. I can't see <laughs> If we didn't get to your question, uh, we did through, we did get through a lot of questions, but if we didn't get to it, just book a call with us. Um, as long as it's on topic with self-directing, then, you know, book a 15, 20 minute call with us and we'll, we'd be happy to answer those questions. Any one of our reps on the schedule, uh, new account call page can address your questions, whether it's uh, IRA or solo K.
Yeah. yeah. And again, like we've said all through this, awesome make team. sure you're signed up for the newsletter. So you get updates on what's going on. Make sure you're uh, white labeling that within your whitelisting it, which is it? White listing. White listing. White listing. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. uh, it's a weird name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally so weird. we want to make sure that you're getting those emails delivered to you. Uh, but we're going to be back, of course, next month with another amazing webinar. I think we're going to be talking about solo 401ks. We got a lot of questions on that. Stay tuned. And uh, until then, stay calm. Stay calm.